Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. With me today, Obadiah Smith. Glad to be back, Jim. So good to see you, Obadiah, yes. always. You know, Obadiah, there's so many things I, I love about you, I respect you, and appreciate about you, but one of those things is I, I know you are devoted to your wife. Yes. I know that you love your family. I know that you want to provide a home for them. Yes. And you have. Yes. But I also know what it's like when your wife wants to watch HGTV. You and I have this in common, don't we? Yes, we do, too. So, so, I mean, is it true at your house, like, it's kind of like a 24-7 role? Oh, it's 24-7, day and night, <laughs> evening, free It doesn't matter when taped. you walk in, there it is, and when you go yes, to sleep, there it is. It's there. I've got the same thing. And now at my house... Our television service provider has given us a new little box where you can actually, you know, like record and Devo, and my wife has figured that out. So now if I missed it, I get to see it later, yes. which I just as soon have missed it. HGTV has created a gold mine with a genre of programs that have to do with helping people feel at home. And usually it starts with some sense of discontent or unhappiness. I need a new house, or I don't like the house I'm in now. And then these programs attempt to answer that by remodeling the house or selling you a new house and remodeling the new one you bought. Yes. I mean, there are all kinds of variables. But on this episode today, as we here at Viewpoint are kind of building a bridge from pop culture to real-life truth, on this episode of Viewpoint Obadiah, let's talk about one of our favorites. Love it or list it. Yes. I mean, <laughs> this is a show that requires you to make a choice. And you know what? Life can be like that, too. We'll be right back.
Love It or List It. It's a program on HGTV that actually originated in Canada. And so if you watch it, you'll see a lot of uh, programs that were filmed in Toronto, for instance, where the two hosts of the program call home. So we have Hillary, who's an interior designer. Yes. And she helps people look at the house that they live in now that is not adequate for them or they don't believe it's adequate. They have wants and needs that aren't being met by their present house. And she begins to look at it with a new eye. I can fix this for you. I can remodel this. I can renovate. I can redecorate. I promise you, you can be happy in this house where you live. And she is one host, but there's another host, a guy named David. Yes, David. What's his trip? (laughs) He's a real estate agent, and he's really the alternative to Hillary. Yes, you can redesign, but I have a better option. Leave, find something new. That's right. Don't love this house. You list it. That's where the title of the program comes from. List it, and I'm going to sell you another house. Now, in fairness, David knows that their capacity to move to another house is going to be enhanced by the way in which Hillary dresses up their existing house. So it's going to increase in value because... They've put some money into it, and Hillary has made it look better. But in the end, David is pushing the guests on the show, uproot, get out of the house, find a new place to live. And so the program unfolds on this track. We learn about the family. We learn about their needs, what their hopes and dreams are. Hillary dreams about their house, begins fixing it up. At the same time, they're in David's car looking at other houses to buy. At the end of the show... Hillary has transformed their house into something that nobody could have imagined. And David is standing out in the yard saying, yeah, sell that one and move down the street to my better house for you. And that's where the big decision comes. Are you going to love this house? Love it. Or are you going to list this house? List it. And that's where sometimes, watching with our wives, we don't always have the same mind. In fact, I'm a little prone to love it more often. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She, She wants to list it and get the new one. But all of that to say... Life is like that. And the reason we're even talking about this on Viewpoint is if you could see your life through this lens, you might understand you have to make some choices too. And it's not just superficial and it's not just entertainment. Actually, it could determine your whole life in this world and the world to come. Obadiah, when we come back, let's unpack some of the life lessons, some of the truths that we can find in this frame of the HGTV success phenom. Love it or list it. Like a flood 
has promised good to me. His word, my hope secures. He will my share and portion me as long as life. Obadiah, have you ever been in a situation where you were at home, so to speak, and I don't mean your nuclear family's home where you live now, but just in your whole lifetime, you were in a place that you thought was home, but you felt like, I'm not sure I should stay here. Uh, This neighborhood or this relationship or this community is not healthy for me. Have you ever been in a place like that? Yes, Jim. It was maybe about 15 years ago. I was working with World Vision in your hometown of Seattle, Washington. Ah. And we were there and had to make a decision. Do I stay? Do I go back to California? Or do I just resign and just wait on God? And my family had the determination to seek the voice of God, and I resigned my position. And my position, by resigning the position, I ended up in Anderson, Indiana. (laughs) Here we are. And here we are. (laughs) But but what you're describing is a scenario where you had a home, you had a place, but something was stirring inside of you, and you knew that you couldn't stay there. Yes. And essentially, you were going to have to list it. You were going to have to to put a sign out and say, I'm moving on from here. Not certain where you're going. You didn't have David to say, here's the house to buy. But you knew that you were going to have to let go of what you had. And that can be excruciating. Yes, it was. I had the same thing and actually lived in that same town in Seattle, (laughs) my home, where I was born and raised and loved more than life itself, it seemed. But I came to a place where I knew I can't stay here. If I stay here, I'll be disobedient. Not that there was anything wrong with my house or my home or my friends there. It's just that God had another place for me, and it was terrifying to relocate. Now, that story is, in my life, 25 years old, but I still 
am deeply influenced by it. Yes. And what we're illustrating here is in life, we all have moments, we have intersections where you have to decide. It doesn't matter how much money I invest in fixing this up. It doesn't matter how many new drapes I buy or how many remodel jobs I contract for. This house, this address cannot be my future. I have to move on. Now, love it or list it, the HGTV program always puts people in this predicament where they're tempted to leave or to stay. And today on our exposition, you might say, of this uh, narrative, we want to encourage you to think about, do you really need to list your house where you are? And we're not talking about your physical home, but your life. Do you really need to list the present circumstances and move to a new place? Do you need to be different inside of yourself? Or maybe you need to be in a different environment. Maybe the place where you are living now is not healthy for you because you're tempted to do things you know are not right. And you know that you do not have the strength on your own to resist. And your best option is simply to flee, to move to a new place. Again, you may not change your physical address, but you may change your circle of relationships or you may change your opportunities. But all of us have moments where we have to make this decision. Now, in the scripture, we have people who have the same predicament, don't we? Yes, we do. Jim. And uh, in the Acts of the Apostles, we have a famous speech given by Stephen, uh, who was ultimately murdered for his faith in Christ. And as he's defending himself, he's, he's trying to help his accusers understand the legitimacy of Christ, that Jesus is the Messiah. So he walks them through the whole history of the Old Testament, so to speak. And part of that speech is about Abraham. Abraham, who was called the friend of God. Abraham, who is the person to whom God gave a promise of future blessing. And we think we're heirs to the promise if we are in Christ. But this Abraham guy is a very important figure, and he has a home, he has a family, he has a place where he grew up. It's called Ur of the Chaldees. And Stephen mentions this as he's explaining to his accusers about who Jesus is. But in that passage, Acts chapter 7, verses 2 and 3, Obadiah, what does Stephen say? The glory of our God appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia, before he lived in Haran, and said to him, Depart from your country and your relatives, and come into a land that I will show you. I mean, this is one of the most significant moments in history, actually, Yes, it is. Because so much of the world's history has followed on after this decision. God said to Abraham, I want you to leave your home and I want you to move to a new address. I'm going to show you what that is. I'm going to give you a new home. I'm going to give you a promised land. We sometimes hear that phrase in the English language, the promised land. Well, it actually comes right out of the scripture. I'm going to give you a promised land. You don't have it yet, but it's promised to you. And I need you to leave your home to find it. You're going to have to list that year of the Chaldees. You're going to have to list that address in Mesopotamia. That's the ancient ark of, of countryside we now would call Iraq, mostly. And you're going to have to leave there and go somewhere else. And there you have it. A, a huge choice for Abraham to make. Why do you think that God would want him to move? Are there any clues in the scripture? Yes, it is, Jim. I believe it's in uh, Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, that he had to leave his father because his father was an idolater. And where he was, father was placing things above God, and God was saying, it's time to move on. Such an important truth here. No doubt he loved his father, and his father loved him. But his father was framed in a pagan culture and worshipped gods that were not the one true God. And God understood that Abraham had so much promise, so much future. There's so much good that could be done by his hands. But God also understood that would never be realized as long as he was under the roof of his father, 
who did not know God and didn't care about God and worshiped other gods and who knows what else was going on. And there had to be a clean break. Boy, that's painful. Yes. I'm not suggesting here that if you're a minor child, you run away from home. But adults in relationship to adult parents who have very broken value systems, sometimes you just have to step aside. The same could be true with siblings or it could be with friends that you went to college with. Sooner or later, we all have to know that we're going to be informed by the people who are closest to us. And sometimes that means we may just have to step away from them, at least for a season, so we can see things clearly. That's the call of God to Abraham. List that house, Abraham, because you're never going to be able to fix it up. As long as your dad owns the house, and as long as your dad's heart is not for me but against me, you'll never be able to fix that house up. Therefore, you need to move on. But moving on can be scary, too. Yes, it is. To move on, to have faith and hope in God when you're used to the old house. <laughs> it's, it's a problem. But you know what? Jesus speaks exactly to that, too. And in the New Testament, as Jesus is walking with his disciples, and he called all of his disciples to follow him, which essentially meant walk away from where you are and, and follow me. And these 12 disciples will find themselves all over the map eventually. But Apart from the geography of their move, their lives were changed, their perspectives were changed, their circle of relationships were altered when they became Jesus' followers. And Jesus knew that this world is sometimes scary, and so is the world to come. But he gave them some encouragement, and famously in John's Gospel, chapter 14, he speaks to them in their anxiety. What does he say? Don't let your heart be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. In my father's house, there is room. Yes. That's what Jesus is saying. You know what? You have a home, Jesus is telling his followers. And no matter where you are in this world, no matter how much you think you're in transit, maybe you feel like you don't have anywhere to land, uh, Abraham was described later as a, a stranger in a strange land, and he moved through this world by faith, knowing that there was a destination for him, there was a home. And Jesus is telling us, no matter where you live today, if you're willing to walk away from your old life and move into his company and walk forward, he is going to guarantee you a home that you cannot even imagine. It is so marvelous, it's so magnificent, it is so peaceful, it's so calming, it's so life-giving. He said. Don't be troubled. Trust me. You trust God? Trust me too, Jesus said, because I'm going to prepare a place for you. Our encouragement to you today listening is that if you're looking around your house, your world, your relationships, and you realize it's broken, maybe you can't fix it. You know, there are times when you have to just invest and accept things as they are and, and improve them. But sometimes, like Abraham, you have to just be called to move away. And that may be your call today. And you may be able, if you just cross that threshold in your mind, realizing, maybe if I just walked away from this mess up, what if I just walked away in the arms of Jesus? I'm not sure where he'll take me, but I think that, like David in the show Love It or List It, there's a house down there with my name on yes. it. I'm going to trust him, and I'm going to find it. And once you kind of cross that threshold, your mind can spring to life with hope and dreams and imagination that may never, ever come to life if you stay where you are. It can be scary, but if the Lord is calling you, it'll be awesome. How do you take a first step? How do you even know? Well, you can pray. God promises us if we seek wisdom and believe that he will answer, he will give us wisdom. So today in your life, if you're unhappy where you are and you're trying to decide whether you should love it or list it, pray with us.
Our Father, today we are so thankful that you know exactly who we are and where we are. You know every room of our house and every room of our soul. You know where we've been and where we are today, and you also know where we might go. We thank you, Lord, that you not only are aware, but you are involved and that you love us. And sometimes, Lord, you seem far away, but I know you're close by. And if there's distance between us, it's because I haven't been reaching for your hand because you are always right there within my grasp if I'll trust you. And so we trust you today, Lord. For everyone joining us in this prayer who's trying to decide, do I stay where I am? Do I stay put? Do I try and make it better? Do I love it? Or do I list it? Do I, like Abraham, hear the voice of God saying to me, I'm going to have to leave the familiar and leave the comfortable and what is known to me for the unknown? I pray, Lord, that you will give everyone whose heart's cry is for that wisdom right now, that you will this week, before one week passes, speak into their lives with such a significant gesture from heaven that they will know without question what is your direction. And Lord, if you are calling us to list it as it were, to leave it as it were, Give us the courage to do it and trust you. Walk ahead of us and prepare the way. Lord, all this requires that we be surrendered into your hands and into your heart. We admit our sin. We ask you to make us new. We know that we cannot fix it by ourselves, and we know we're not smart enough by ourselves to make the decision. And so we trust you to speak now into our life. We pray these things, Lord, with confidence in Jesus' name. Amen.
If you'd like to know more about how you can hear from God, if you'd like to know more about how you can make decisions, life-changing decisions, if you'd like to know more how you can have hope and a dream and a future that is heaven-sent, give us a call. Just dial this number, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. 24 hours a day and seven days a week, we're by the phone. We're always glad to hear from you. And Obadiah, if someone would prefer not to reach for a phone but instead the internet, where can they find us online? www.cbhviewpoint.org. That's it. CBH Christians Broadcasting Hope. That's who we are. cbhviewpoint.org. You can read about the ministry there online. You can also send us an email, and we will reply, I promise. Or at the last, if you prefer, just send me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420. Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you call us by phone, check us out online, or use surface mail, please let us hear from you this week. Obadiah, always good to be in your company. Glad to be back, Jim. Hey, and the next time your wife sits you down on the couch to watch HGTV, you know what I suggest? Do it. Impatience. <laughs> Just Patience. do it. <laughs> yes. And we are so glad that you've been alongside with us also this day at Viewpoint. We hope you'll join us again next week as we continue our series inspired by some of these remodel and house change-up programs on HGTV. But know this, Jesus is the subject for all of us at Viewpoint, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast. This is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned. <laughs>